This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. Six green arrows in a row. That's not bad. Mm-mm, no. Uh, yeah, two point th- uh, 2.3 million people since yeah. uh, since our Game Week 8 podcast. That, that's a lot. I mean, that's, you know, not there, there, there's some dead teams in there, 100%, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, but there are at least a, a solid million people in that group, Brandon, who are trying yeah. to do better than you. That you have surpassed. So I, I, think I think it's a it's a good lesson for FPL managers where sometimes you just have to do the hard work and yep. moving up the ranks. If you had a bad start to the season like me, all you want is for that to be erased, for you yeah. to suddenly be like in the top 100k or the top 500k. Right. But you can't do that. You right. have to do the hard work. It's going to take you months to get back to where you want to be. So the fact that I'm on three greens in a row, I'm 81 points after game week 14. I told you last week, Josh, me get, getting rid of Rashford before his brace for Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandez was still the right move. And of course it was because I captained Bruno this week. Mm-hmm. He came through as predicted and One of the bigger things for me, too, in game week 14 had to be my faith in Edward Mendy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the 5.0 price tag, not 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 too high. This is not Nick Pope Ederson territory, but I felt like I was still spending more than I should have been when Emmy Martinez was just he's just scoring points for fun. So Mendy getting the clean sheet this week maybe was the most deeply satisfying thing that happened in my tea. But totally yeah, 80, 81 points uh, is good. But you, you're you still flying, Josh. You had a big week, too. Yeah. Um, it was funny because, you know, like what a, it, you know, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, just in just one week. Um, it's, it's, you know, I recorded last week's pod on Sunday. We're recording this one a, a day late. Um, and I was at 500K 
when we started recording last week's pod and I had had like, I think four red arrows and five or something like that. And I was just, I was, I was, I was struggling to make fantasy fun again, you know, our motto, our motto for the season. And, um, and then I had two game weeks in a row and both game weeks, I, I effectively have my rank. I went from 500 to 250 last week at midweek, right. Cause he had the midweek fixtures this week. Right. Um, and then I went from 250 to 125, uh, as of today. So I have, um, I've quartered my rank since the last week's pods. I'm around 125,000 right now. Um, feeling pretty good. Although, uh, my transfers were not so hot going to the weekend, but I ended up on 90 points and, um, I have sun back in my team. Do I, do I want some back in my team? I don't even know anymore. Right. Because <laughs> in the middle of all this chaos, we have, um, the release of the double, the first double game week announcement, the first double game week and blank game week announcement. And it is, as as is always the case these days, um, extraordinarily complicated. And uh, we're going to talk a lot, uh, well, a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about about strategy for um, you know planning for double. So basically, um, for anyone who is who's new to fantasy, basically, uh, you know, double game week is when a team plays twice in one fixture window. And mm-hmm. a blank game week is when that team does not have a fixture at all in this window. So um, game weeks 18 and 19, which fall in early January, are this kind of they're kind of spread out. There's a sort of break. Um, they're wrapped around some FA Cup fixtures and some League Cup, Cup fixtures. There's just a lot there's a lot of different things going on. And so basically they they took a handful of teams and a handful of games and shoved them yeah. into game week 19 and, and then just left them blank in game week 18. So I think you, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to explain it any better than that. You basically have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, I guess you have, um, is it five fixtures? Yeah, I guess five fixtures got put into game week 19 and then, and then five, five teams don't have a double in game week yep. 19. That's right. Half half the half the teams won't play in game week eighteen. I've got a bigger issue for Sun. Sun has just seen his golden boot hopes just over the last couple of weeks just dematerialize. <laughs> Mo Salah yeah. has suddenly taken back his his crown of the of the supreme fantasy asset, and me not owning Mo Salah is absolutely killing me, as it does every season. Okay, Salah's first season, I waited too long to get him. Last season, I thought that I was going to swerve, totally blew up in my face. I cannot learn lessons. And I will blame COVID this time around. When, <laughs> okay. Salah, when Salah missed this this um, this international break week um, mm-hmm. about a month ago because of COVID. So so that's crushing me. All of these things playing into uh, which which premium players we need to focus on as we head into these these blanks and doubles. So... I yep. think that'll be a good way to help me sort of prioritize what my plans are for the blanks in 18 and then the doubles in 19 is who are these big heavy hitters that are going to stand to benefit the most. All right. So just before we get into the double talk, uh, a quick a quick shout out to the top 10 in the Always Cheating Super League. We're trying to get better about doing this every week. And uh, another quick shout out to uh, FPL Game Week, which uh, this is this is a free promotion, Brandon. But uh, I, it's just they are so they have a very clean site that allows you to actually look up mini leagues as matches are being played, which um, – you know, as, as, as anyone who's played the game for a long time knows, the the, the current site is not able to do that. So mm-hmm. if you want to know where you are in all of your mini leagues as these matches are taking place, that is a great place to go. And so we are giving them some shout outs in the pod for that. Um, top 10, the always Street Super League. I'll read it off this week, Brandon. And Please. I'm going to read 
per- you you took like twelve minutes last time, so I'm going to read off personal names. <laughs> not, right, I'm, in, I'm not, in the bad uh, corner. Yeah, now. personal names, not team names, because I think it's easier that way. In yeah. tenth, Bobby Gardner. In ninth, Bob Wooster. In eighth, Matt Carvel. In seventh, Edie Marzuk. Uh, in sixth, Dimitar Simo. In fifth, Neil Head. Fourth, Niccolo Vicio. Third, as Shrime Mishra. In second, is Wallace Clark. And in first. It's Craig McDermott, Brandon, our Patreon supporter himself, Craig McDermott in first place. Congrats to Craig. All right. Josh, I'm just thinking of how much time you actually wasted telling me how much time that I wasted I know. last week. So the Got joke's very on meta you. There. I know. It's true. <laughs> All right. So double game weeks are coming. And and once again, a, a big shout out as as anyone who um, takes this this fantasy stuff to you seriously knows there's a gentleman named Ben Krellen who does a fantastic job of helping everyone organize their thoughts on how to think about the double game weeks, how to play for them, what's even coming, right? Because that, that can be sort of hard to do without somebody to kind of lay it out on a table for you too. So um, so here is this season so far, Brandon. Here's the double the blank in the double game week schedule, okay? Yeah. Uh, in Game Week 18, we've got this blank, which we already talked about. Ten teams will not play in, double, in Game Week 18. And remember, this is we're going into Game Week 15, and Game Week 16 is, like basically starts the day not, – not basically. Game Week 16 starts after – like the day after Game Week 15 ends. So Game Week 18 is not that far away, right? We're, we're like basically like a week and a half away from it. <laughs> um, so I got it. You have, I know, right? So you have a blank in Game Week 18. You have a double in Game Week 19. You have – Another expected double game week in 26. Now, like, this is all just stuff that, like, you know, I wouldn't expect anybody to write this down, but I'm just going to lay it all out there as we talk about it. You have uh, a blank in game week 29, a blank in game week 33, and then there were probably other small double game weeks coming as well. So, and I want to note here, too, that, you know, by the time... We won't know it by the time the podcast comes out, but um, a crucial match, in my opinion, is the uh, Everton Man United match that's played on Wednesday of this week in the League Cup. Because, mm-hmm. as you may recall, Everton, uh, or excuse me, Man United did not did not play in game week one. They got a little extended rest for the start of the season um, because of their, um, I guess they were, were they Champions League coming through Europa League? I can't remember anymore. Europa League, right? Europa and then you're ga- they were all guaranteed four weeks between their last commitment in club right. football and their first commitment of the new season. Right. So they have a match against Burnley that needs to be rescheduled. They are back in the Europa League starting soon. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is on the record that he wants this match to be played as soon as possible. So, I think that if Everton defeat Man United in midweek in the champion in the League Cup match, then there's an extremely good chance that Man United Burnley will fall into game week 18, which would solve a heck of a lot of problems and uh-huh. upend a lot of the talk that we're that we're about to go into. Because I, I will just note right now, Brandon, and this is something that, that comes from a lot of, I mean, we, you know, like literally we're at what we're approaching, like actually even if you count our Patreon pods, we've done more than 300 episodes of the always streaming podcast. We're probably getting close to 400 episodes. Um, we have talked a lot about double game weeks over the years, like a lot, like probably half the podcast that we've done. We've talked about them and I am now deeply, deeply convinced (laughs) that most of the time, most people overplay the doubles which yeah. is to say that they spend way too much time focusing on a match when there's two fixtures and ignoring all of the really good fixtures that come before and after those matches. And 
and often double gimmicks are a bust. Like they're fun to plan for and they're really exciting when they pan out. And, you know, I remember triple camping Aguero once when he got 25 points in a game week. I had like a 200 point score that game week, right? Like that sounds hyperbolic, it, but I'm with you. No, it's true. I think it was like 180 points. It was, it okay, was like, not 200. Like, yeah, it was like, okay, not 200, but very close. So, you know, like it is exciting when it works out, but often it, like, I finished on 90 points this game week. I think 90 points is, is like, average to above average for what you're going to get in an average game week and double game week. Right. So yeah. I, I think that they can, that you can overplay them a little bit. And if you are like a more casual fantasy person, it feels kind of like, even as someone, I mean, you know, no matter what side of it you're on, it feels like a little head exploding to look at all this stuff and be like, ah, like, I don't even know where to start with this. Like, this is too, this is not even fun. This like, it's like moved into the realm of stressful. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I just want to say that I think there are people who, spend a lot of time and I'm not, I'm not talking about Ben here cause he's, you know, has a very strong track record of success, but you know, there are, there are some people I feel like who really, really spend a lot of time on this and they, there's a tendency to not see the forest from the trees, you know? And, and I don't know that focusing too much on the double game weeks is really an, an optimal strategy for doing well in fantasy this season. You want to play them, of course, you want to think about them, but I yeah. think you can overdo it. You can. And I think, this is a massive opportunity for people at literally the halfway point of the season at game week 19. We're used to seeing big double game weeks like this with half of the squads in the league getting double game weeks closer to the end of the season. And when you talk about planning for these double game weeks, it's actually much more palatable, I think, at the end of the season where you're kind of already on the off ramp. And yeah. if you kind of screw up your transfer policy you you know that the end is in sight. If I'm going to build a team that's only built for these double game weeks in game week 19, I could end up with a really Frankenstein monster of a team just coming out of the halfway point of the season. That's really what worries me about all this hyper planning is where am I going to be left after we come out of game week 19? Am I yeah. just going to have a team that was built just for this one moment at the midway point? And when we're doing this similar type of planning going into like game week 32 or 33 or 37, yeah. it feels a, a, a little more justified. So I'm kind of with you in approaching all this planning with a little bit of caution um, however, yes, I also agree with you, Josh, that you can't argue the results that can come out of one big double game week. So, um, so I mean, I guess one way, other way to say that is you can take it very seriously or you can kind of ignore it and either way, it's probably fine. Um, and I think that, um, I think if I were to just like the, 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 the simplest way to do it would be to, as long as you've got your, if you've got your free hit chip, which I, I don't know how many have been played so far, but I think the majority of people still, still have it. Um, if you've got your free hit chip, I think that if you want to just be really simple about it, you just go about your business, make your transfers and just use your free hit chip in game week 18. Now I know that you are not totally with me on this, no. but I think if you only have like five players for game week 18, then I think that it, it, it makes sense to, to use it. And uh, you know, and so use it in game week 18 and then in game week 19, you can either bench boost or play the triple captainship or just, just play it straight up. Right. Just, just play it like, you know, um, as a, just a normal, you know, game week 19 fixture that's on your calendar. Um, 
if you have a wild card still to play in game in, in the first half of the season, then obviously um, it's simple. It's much simpler. Exactly. You just set yourself up. And then in that case, you probably really probably would want to free head if you still had it too. Right. Because you could yeah. just, you just completely set yourself up for game week 19 and, and go from there. But I think you and I are both in this, in this uh, situation where um, Shiv asked, um, he'd like to hear what we're doing to navigate game weeks 18 and 19. Um, he said, you know, my initial thoughts were to build up free transfers to field nine and 10 and game nine or 10 in game week 18 and then free hit in game week 19. However, given that Britain and Solid don't play in 18, I wonder if I should just be buying for 19 and free hit in 18. I have seven players who would play in game week 18 right now. So I have seven players, uh, who would play in game week 18. I have six players of double game weeks in game week 19. Yeah. What's your, what's your situation? I am also currently with seven players going into game week 18, but I only have five players in my squad who double in game week 19. So I'm a little shy of capitalizing on that and actually looking at the transfers that I'm planning to make between now and game week 18. Because, yes, lest we forget, there are still three game weeks to play before the (laughs) blank. Right. I'm actually looking to get rid of one of those players who I'd count on for game week Mm -hmm. 18. So in theory, I've will only have six players. I like what Shiv is getting at, though, with there will be lots of talk about free hit in game week 18 to fill up a squad. But fill up your squad with who? I think the there is a tendency to think of the free hit chip in negative terms. I'm only I'm going to use it in a week in which I need reinforcements as opposed to playing it in game week 19, putting a positive spin on the free hit. I'm going to use it when there are so many players I want and I'm going to actually free hit to get every single player who I can, who I can fit into my budget. Now uh, I think the, the counter argument to free hitting in game week 19 is a double is often a great time to triple captain. So if you play the free hit that blocks you from the, from the triple yeah. captain, but, so that's but you talk for, about but this for, stuff, I'm just like, is anyone following this? It feels so complicated. Yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah. But, but okay. But to get very specific about what my real feelings about game week 18, you've got five fixtures. Who are you actually going to free hit? And there's right. one fixture in which, I think I can predict the result, and that's Man City hosting Brighton. I think yeah. I can predict that Man City will win that match. Given current form, yeah. maybe City only wins, you know, yeah. two nil or something like that. But I can predict that. Well, honestly, Apart this from is, that, I just don't yeah. know what else to predict from this totally. week. So, who am I going to bring in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that's a totally fair argument. Um, I think that um, I, I think for me, you know, part of the issue is I, I do have seven players right now, but they're they're not, it's not really an optimal seven, right? I mean, one of those seven is Tariq Lamptey away to Man City, right? So that's like a one or a zero right there. I mean, Brighton are terrible, right? So um, no offense, no offense to the Seagulls fans out there. I still have my flag, Brennan. Um, And then I have, and then I have two (laughs) burgers and then I have two Aston Villa defenders at home to Spurs, but I expect Spurs to score in that match. Multiple goals, most likely. Right. So, you know, so if I were to, while if I were to free hit in game week 18, I mean, you could have, you could have Neto, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlis, you know, like you could, you know, I could have three Man City players. I only have one at the moment. Um, you know, I could have um, Kane and Son. I actually only have Son right now. Um, it's it's actually, you know, in some ways it's funny. It's it's Arsenal Crystal Palace that, that stops me short where I'm just like, uh, would I have yuck. anyone in that match? Like, who would I even have if I had somebody? You know, I mean, yeah. I think Callum Wilson, obviously, a way to Sheffield United. So, I mean, part of it is that, I just feel like I have to decide basically this week if I'm going to um, 
if I'm going to play for a free hit in 18 or not. And if I decide that I am going to free hit in game week 18, then I feel like I can basically do whatever I want. Right. I mean, I'll have an eye on game week 19, but, um, you know, and like, I, I might look at Chris Wood, you know, like, I mean, it wouldn't, the players that I'm looking at for like a, for my, for my transfers wouldn't be too impacted by it. Um, but if I decide that I'm just going to try to like ride it out and just like field eight or nine players, as many as I can get away with, then I really feel like I have to start building my transfers towards having some of those players, you know, um, yeah. you know, for, for the equipment matches. And if so, then I, then I think you might be in a situation where again, you are, you're, you're overthinking it a little bit, which is that, what am I going to like bring in? Who would I even bring in? Right. You know, and some of these, like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, so this is why, again, I, I put it right at the top of this discussion, <laughs> which is that I really, really want Man United to lose to Everton at midweek, because if Man United Burnley falls into game week 18, then it's over. It's fine. I'd have nine yeah. players already. There's no need to free hit. I'd have Bruno. I could bring in another um, Man United midfielder, you know, or whatever. I could I could bring in Martial for a week or something like that, right? Um, and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't you know impact me too much. I mean, if if that happens, actually, it would make things quite easy because Man United have a double in nineteen as to Burnley. So you could bring in Chris Wood. You could bring in. Um, I don't even know who your man, you know, maybe, maybe it's McTominay, Brian, your boy. I don't know. You know, it's like, maybe, Love maybe, McTominay. yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you downgrade Katie or, well, I guess Katie V would be a player you'd want to keep in this case. Maybe you try to find, find a way to bring in Marcus Rashford or something like that. You know, so there's, there's at least some, some options available to you. Yeah. For me, my, as I, as I mentioned at the top, my, my main transfer target right now is Mohamed Salah. He's probably the chief captaincy option in game week 15 at Anfield hosting West Brom, followed by Newcastle and Southampton. Then you've got this blank, a blank in game week 18. So am I supposed to look at Liverpool transfers going into game week 15 and say, I don't know. Yeah. But Liverpool also have one of the best doubles in game week 19. So yeah. if you think about it that way for your Liverpool transfers, now you're now I'm starting to be pushed in the direction of a free hit in game week 18 because the uh, team I'm trying to build Mr. Is, Mr. I would I I would never free hit in 18 you are changing your tune slowly but surely Well sometimes the podcast Josh benefits a little bit from the you know the crosstalk the he said mm-hmm. she said so you know I'll build I'll build a counter narrative okay. with you know I I will pretend much like I'm running for president or something the interruption pre- yeah yeah <laughs> I'll pretend like I'm anti game week 18 when in fact I was pro game week 18 No you went on the FPL TV show this week though and you were you were you were making a No no Granted that the the that had just been announced the uh, the double I think right right before <laughs> yeah. you went on there so God you know. bless the folks at the FPL TV show they kind of got me out of there like so what's the plan Brandon I'm like the uh, I don't know <laughs> but um one thing that Lee? came <laughs> one that came <laughs> up with talking with with particularly Lee from FPL family I was making the case of what I've what I've taken away from at least the the last couple of weeks or I guess what I've taken away from this season is just just nail your captaincy. If you if you hit your captaincy pick, you can ride that game week no matter what else is happening in your team. So maybe I only have six or seven. Yeah, when you get into the talk of just five players in game week 18, I hear Seems you. Low, it's getting right? a little dicey. Yeah, yeah. But if you've got six or seven players and you can captain a big score, I yeah. realize that's easier said than done sometimes. 
then you're fine. And then why yeah. are you trying to fill the rest of your squad with these marginal players just so you have 11 instead yeah. of seven so you can get ones and twos everywhere else? Who's your captain? Well, yeah, I mean, probably KDB, right? But I mean, you could go, you could go Sterling, you could go, I mean, uh, Aguero, if he's back, Harry Kane. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, it really, again, it just depends on your setup. And this is always like, I mean, we've joked before about the answer to every question in this podcast is it depends because it's so, it, it can be so context dependent, you know, on what your team looks like. I think the way my team is set up right now, it honestly just feels too, like, I don't, I feel like I'm torn between two ideas right now right? Um, the idea of saving the free hit for later and the idea of just using it now and being sort of done with it. And there's this tendency in, in fantasy to like, you know, you know, that expression of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, you know? Um, and it's like, there's this tendency sometimes to, to always sort of save what you have for later on. I want to hold my triple captain for later on. I want to hold my free hit for later on. There's a, there's going to be a time when I really want to use it. There's going to be a time I really want to need it. You know, when I'm really going to need it. And, you know, I just think that sometimes the simplest way is to just be like, I'm going to ignore game week 18. I'm going to pretend it doesn't even like exist. And I'm just going to make all my transfers. I'm just going to free hit. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to bring in a great 11 for that week, which I, I think you can do. All right. I mean, three men city players, three Spurs, uh, Jack Grealish, um, maybe an arsenal, maybe, maybe Leno as your keeper. You know, it's like, you can certainly bring in a, a pretty solid squad of, of 11 players for, for 18. And so, you know, and then and then at nineteen, you, um, I think I would probably just triple captain. I would just say, all right, Mo Salah, having a great season, got two home matches. Mo Salah's great at home, um, and I'm just gonna triple captain him. And then later on in the season, um, I still have my wild card and I still have my bench boost. You know, yeah. and so that that really probably should be fine. I mean, if if the next big double game week is a game week twenty six, then fine. You wild card in game week twenty five, and you bench boost in game week twenty six. You know, I mean, that's not, that's not overly complicated. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning now. Just yeah. I just, I find myself wondering what the, what the F1 strategy is here, because the, the idea being, if I just keep pace with the race leader and then mm-hmm. I can gun it during the last lap. And that's when yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that's what you see all the time. And what these, I'm just, I'm talking about all sports now, track and field. Isn't it just like when they run a zillion laps around the, around the Mm -hmm. track, it's always the last lap. That's the most exciting. Yeah. Um, and I think there is this impulse and it's one that I'm having. I think when I'm talking about what am I going to do in game week 18, what kind of team am I going to build? It's, it's actually a more, more negative than, than I think I'd thought about it first, where I'm just hoping that Nobody does anything in game week 18 because that's the only way that I can ride game week 18 with five, six or seven players. Is it for it to be a colossally bad game week? The problem is, is if it turns out to be a great game week for a lot of these players whom I don't have, then then I can't even I'm in such a terrible position to finish the race. So I do think the negative strategy that I'm kind of promoting for game week 18 is just don't do anything. Try to ride it out. It is heavily reliant on there not being a huge level of activity. And that's why, that's why I look at like a game like Everton Wolves where I'm like nil, nil. I'm trying to predict a nil, nil there when what we've seen over the course of the season is every game is 10, five, 12, (laughs) six. Yeah. There's a seven, two every week. It seems like, right. So <laughs> a great, po- a terrible poker hand just became a great premier league score. 
All right, so we have gone uh, pretty long uh, already. I do want to talk about Game Week 15 and 16, but just one more one more question in the section, uh, which is uh, Boston Prof says, um, who should we be thinking about for the double game week specifically, um, especially anyone who's flown under the radar? So so 19, we've got a lot of a lot of really good teams have double game weeks, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, uh, Leicester. Um, I will say that... Um, I will, my, my, I, yeah, Leeds are maybe the one team that, I mean, you and I both have, yeah, I guess you only, you only have one Leeds player at the moment, right? You just have, um, just Bamford. Bamford. Yeah. Yeah. So are you looking at them for, for 19 as a, as a, you know, a cheap way to end, right? Cause their players are affordable. Not really. Um, not really. These are not players that I want long-term. Uh, I mean, maybe Stuart Dallas, who's good for a goal, but pick another, is it Rafinha? Is it Cliche? Uh, I I don't think you could put your finger on it. So cheap ways in, I'm just looking for for sturdy sturdy defenders on teams like let's see who who are does Burnley have a double game week? Yeah, Burnley's got a double game week. So I would be looking at even though Charlie Taylor has Liverpool as one half of of that double, I'd rather. I'd rather invest in a Burnley defender that I could still play throughout right. the course of the season, as opposed yeah. to a Leeds defender where their defense is quite poor. Yeah. I mean, if you bring in a Leeds defender, um, Stuart Dallas does seem like the, like the best option you are buying them with the uh, assumption that you are not going to keep clean sheets, but that you are going to get attacking returns. And, and Dallas's case has worked out great. I mean, I, if anything, I, I'm actually annoyed that I didn't, <laughs> it's such a funny thing because I was watching, uh, I, re- I was really debating between um, Sufal and Dallas and their position on my bench uh, going into this game week because I was like, well, um, decent chance Lamptey doesn't play, right? Lamptey's got to go, by the way. Like He's like, he's out soon. Um, you know, I was like, decent chance the Lamptey doesn't play. Um, I need to figure out who to have here. And I was like, well, on the one hand, Dallas has the has attacking threat, but I'm also like certain that Manny and I are going to score a bunch of goals. On the, you know, on the other hand, Sufal, like I can't imagine Chelsea being held scoreless, but he's got a little bit of attacking threat too, and maybe he doesn't get out of hand in that match. Uh, yeah. So I was actually feeling really good about the Sufal thing, uh, and then you know, because Dallas is on negative one points, and it was a six-one match with like four minutes to go, and then out of nowhere, uh, Dallas scores a goal, and uh, I was like, oh, okay. So he ended up outscoring <laughs> uh, Sufal by four points. Um, in the end, which is, you know, four points is whatever, yeah. but like, it was one of those things where you're like, okay, like maybe you just with, 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 with the Leeds defenders, um, you just, um, it, it's all about like the attack and returns. It's like a super version of like the wolves thing. Like that yeah. back when, back when, um, Doherty was, you know, just scoring, you know, scoring and getting an assist and all that stuff all the time. It was just like, that's, but like, you don't get the clean sheets, but you do get the attack and returns, but you know, he's only four. I mean, Dallas is up to 4.7 million. That's nothing right. Yeah. Uh, under yeah, 10% yeah. ownership. Yeah. So I think you've got yeah. cheap options across the board here. Southampton, West Ham, Burnley, even West Brom. Curious to see how they look going forward under, under big Sam. But I think I would focus on players like Kyle Walker, Peters and Sioux fall all sub sub 5 million defenders who play on teams that you actually wouldn't mind rotating these players in and out for the rest of the season. Yeah. I think that, um, there's some tricky ones for sure. I mean, uh, 
it'll be tempting to like Dominic Calvert-Lewin plays a way to Villa, not a great match. You know, like he's, he's one of, it's going to be kind of tempting to turn him into a, a forward. Um, you know, hopefully that, that seems like a, like a case of over, of like overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, the Spurs question will be really interesting too, right? If you don't free hit and game week 19, are you dropping Kane and son? You know, um, they play Sheffield United away. No way. Like, are you no really, way. you know, yeah, exactly. It seems like Villa, Villa, yeah. as we mentioned in game week 18, Spurs can only beat teams that try to attack them. And right. Villa are, should, should, are pretty, pretty, pretty active um, offensively. So I think that, that uh, Kane and Son could do well, followed by Sheffield United. So Spurs and Spurs throughout history, FPL managers from years past will remember Spurs as always the team that burns you in a double game week. Spurs have many times been a team in a double game week with just one game, and yet their players will score just as many points as your best double game week players. Yeah. Another thing too, like a double game week is an opportunity actually for one of your crummy players who usually gets one or two points to actually get three or four. I would consider yep. that a victory. Like don't always just assume I'm going to bring in this player for the double and they're going to haul for me. Those those ones and twos and threes doubled add up over the course of one game week. Um, I do think that Shea Adams is a great option too. Nice cheap option, six million. Um, they play uh, Leicester and leads away. Leicester are just like the weirdest team this year where they just cannot beat a bottom half side at home and then beat every good team on the road. Um, and so I, I would expect Southampton to score some goals in that match and then away to Leeds. I mean, God, Southampton leads, that could be like a four, four match, right? Um, like totally, totally wide open. Both, both teams have like, have like the ability to concede nine in them. Right. That is, I know, yes. I know, I know Southampton have been a little better recently, but I still think, I think they've got it there. Yeah, I'm curious to see where I'll be with both Bamford and Calvert-Lewin going into that game week to see if there is room for Che Adams because like all these cheap strikers, they have one advantage and seemingly one disadvantage. Uh, Bamford being that he can't really finish, but he still continues to to score FPL points. And Calvert-Lewin, just two blanks, two blanks in the entire season. And you're looking at getting rid of him just to attack game week 19. It feels <laughs> well, rash. I'm just, it does feel rash. I'm just tossing some, some th- thoughts out there. I think, I think Antonio, if he's healthy again, I mean, I'll air t- today, just more proof that he, he ain't it, you know? And so, uh, Bur- <laughs> you know, two, two really nice home fixtures. I mean, what West Brom. Officially- is that guy. He is like, who is, um, Richardson, the guy who played for the Michigan state for the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. He was a guy who joined the NBA and you never heard from him until it was the slam dunk contest and then he <laughs> right. he wins it every time sebastian Allaire is like the slam dunk contest champion of the premier league he is all about the scoring these flashy goals but you'll never hear from him in regular play yeah he almost had another overhead kick today it was i think he's a, he's addicted to them now i think i think if he if he actually got a penalty right now he would try to score via overhead <laughs> kick <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it'd be a double hit i would think but somehow he'd, he'd find a way to do it um, all right. So we'll talk more uh, next week about about double game week players. This is, these are just some initial thoughts. I, I did want to talk big picture, though, a little bit about that force in the trees idea, though, because I think that um, I I and many others have fallen prey to kind of ignoring the matches right in front of me. Right. Like you said before, we have four. We, we have well, we have three full game weeks uh, plus plus the um, the the mini game week 18 uh, still ahead of us before we even get to game week 19. So let's not, let's not overlook those, especially the next three um, because those are coming 
you know, th- those three will all be done within the next 10 days, uh, crazy enough. And we'll have a podcast next week when we talk about some of the follow-up and do some more planning for Game Week 19. So let's take a break and we'll get back and talk a little bit more about Game Weeks 15 and 16. Brian, we're back. Quick shout out to our Patreon supporters. We did a holiday Zoom on Saturday. We all watched the mm, pretty good first half, pretty bad second half um, uh, Southampton Man City match. I thought uh, there was a moment like 35. Actually, I think it was when Danny Ings went off when I was like, ah, okay, nothing's going to happen from here on out. It was like it, like <laughs> something about Ings going off just took, t- took all the juice out of that game. I'm not quite sure yeah. why. Yeah, because he is the juice. Danny he Ings is, is the juice. Oh, Callum Wilson's the truth, <laughs> and Ings is the juice. But anyway, yeah. we were on a we were on a holiday call with our patrons. We had a very good, a great time. It was great to um, we met a bunch of people we had never met before. Um, talked to some people that uh, we had never I'd never put even Eric Freeman, who I like. I've seen photos of him, and I have done a podcast with him, but I'd never like seen faced with voice like that and so yeah, that was right. that was nice was, and lots of others as well yeah 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 and uh big big thanks to our new patrons this week who just signed on at the lord sorloff tier per barkistan and big thanks to steofane sexton and if you want to check out what it is to be a patreon supporter of always cheating just visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating where you can find out about how to access our extra podcast every week our Week in Review newsletter, courtesy of Mini League Mate, and lots of other stuff at other tiers. So yeah, visit us at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. And Brian, I want to take a minute to talk about Indeed. 2020 has shaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching your candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume match your job criteria. Brandon, I wish I had known about this uh, a couple of years ago. I really struggled uh, when I was trying to field, you know, it's just awful. You get hundreds of resumes you know in an inbox and you just sort of sift through them and it's you know it's indeed could have got you out of that bind buddy exactly so right now indeed is offering our listeners a free 75 dollars credit to boost your job post try indeed out at indeed.com slash blue wire this is the best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire this offer is valid through december 31st terms and conditions apply All right, gang, football is back in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can also get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, we're back. Five questions for Game Week 15 and 16. Again, Game Week 15 uh, kicks off this Saturday on Boxing Day. Um, I feel like traditionally, maybe because uh, it just doesn't fall on a Saturday that often, um, they've, every match has been played on the same day. So this is a slightly different 
uh, layout. It's actually more like a regular weekend structure. Although, um, Brandon, we've got multiple matches on at the same time, which you know I love. I'm just so happy. Yeah, I, I yeah. love the I love the double screen experience. I had a great time at midweek last week doing the double screen. Um, so you have matches on Saturday and Sunday, and then right into Monday, uh, the the next game week kicks off, and it's uh, you have matches on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, and then I think you get like a little break, right, Brandon? It's like a little two-day break, and then it's right back into it. Mm-hmm. But we'll leave game week 16 for, for next week's spot. Just a little bit of respite. So we're going to kick things off with captaincy talk. Uh, uh, who is the best captain for game weeks 15 and 16? Could it be? Could it be the same person in both 15 and 16? Mm. So everyone's freaking out, right? Mo Salah is... is Drop to the bench for game week 14. Of course, he comes on and does the business. But you were out there saying, Josh, this is the best possible scenario. Salah gets his rest and he also gets his FPL points. So you're looking ahead to this jam-packed fixture uh, pileup. And Salah's got his rest. So I think that you can be more assured that he starts. You're clearly assured that he's hungry and he's doing his thing. He's in great form. He plays West Brom at Anfield in game week 15. And in game week 16, he plays a diabolical Newcastle in the final uh, match of that game week. So convince me that Mo Salah is not the best captaincy <laughs> pick for both of these games. Yeah. I really can't do it for, for game week 15. I, I The only argument in game week 15 is if you wanted to be a little different. And I think we should always leave open the possibility of being different. Um, this happens all the time, right? That we have a debate about who the best captain is and someone else swoops in and ends up being that better option. So um, I think that um, Kevin De Bruyne at home to Newcastle is a very viable captain pick as well. Um, this Newcastle team is, is very much running on fumes at the moment. Um, just how, yeah, how kinda, long are, how much longer though, are we going to talk about De Bruyne and Manchester city? It's, it's not happened. Well, I mean, he has, two back-to-back double-digit returns at home to bad teams like within the last month. So, I mean, it's not like this guy has never, he has not been good this season. I mean, this is, this, this, the scenario at home to West Brom is, or at home to Newcastle is basically the same scenario as home to Burnley and Fulham. Um, the West Brom. Well, it's not really the dis- same scenario as home West Brom two weeks well, ago. Well, he created, created two big chances at home to West Brom too. I mean, if player, if, you know, he, he could have easily had double-digit returns in that match. Uh, you know, that's what's the reason he got two bonus points, despite it being a, a one, one draw, right. It's because he was creating lots of chances in that match. So I, you know, I mean, I know that you're about to move him out and you don't want to hear this, but I'm just saying that, like, I think that he is, <laughs> okay. he's a viable, I think that he's a viable, you know, he's certainly a viable vice captain pick. I do agree with you that Salah is, is the best pick there. The team in general, I'm with you. I mean, I would not, I don't feel like being doubled up on any element of their attack makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, a, you know, it's like, I, I didn't want to say Aguero, like he's an option, but like maybe when Aguero's back, it makes everybody better. I don't really like he mm-hmm. lifts the whole team somehow. Um, the rotation is crazy outside of De Bruyne and Sterling in that midfield. Like I have, I don't even know who you would, who you could even like theorize would be, would start either one of these matches. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's Torres in Torres out Mara's in out Foden. It's, it's yes, it's, it's too much. It's too much to bargain. And I think it's even, it's even clearly frustrating to Bruyne where how can he get his rhythm going? Um, I don't want to rehash this conversation about De Bruyne, but there, the, 
rotation speaks to what we're seeing on the pitch with City. There's there is that lack of chemistry. Yeah, I, there is, and I and I mean, you know, that that match was the Southampton match was not uh, a pleasure to watch, and uh, the I mean, I mean, he came in with with an assist. I mean, it wasn't like it was like you know the most disappointing match I've ever witnessed or whatever, but like it, it did feel like he has this weird thing right now. I think he's pressing a little bit in open play. Like it feels like he is, um, we talked about this on like one or two podcasts ago, but you know, you were saying he just like loves to like leather it when he, when he's in form, you know, and hits the top of the crossbar. Right. Cause he just like mm-hmm. rips it so, so hard. And, um, it's like, it's, a, you know, it's, it's going to go into row Z or into the top top of the crossbar. And right mm-hmm. now everything is, is going into the, into the top row. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, like maybe that's, that, that's just, you know, I, I, I will tell you having watched the, uh, Fulham Newcastle match, Newcastle's defense is uh, not quality, and <laughs> um, and Pep did basically come out and say um, that uh, that Kevin De Bruyne isn't really needed of any rest right now. So I, I think he'll start. I mean, I, we're probably spending too long on, on De Bruyne because I agree with you. I mean, it's one of those situations where there's, there's really no need to even talk about Salah because he is so clearly the best option. I think the only thing I would note is, um, you know, I feel like I'm underrepresented with only one Liverpool player going into this, this match. I feel like I, if I were to make a transfer this week, I'd love to try to find a way to bring in another, um, Liverpool player offense or defense. Yeah. It's tough. The way we've come to a lot of our teams just aren't set up to bring in another Liverpool player. Like we've got a kind of a queue of cheap strikers waiting to come into our, our squad. So for me, yeah. is, is a tricky proposition and I'm not sure that he offers as much as other premium strikers like Kane in the midfield points are very much shared. Mane's form is uh, Mane would probably be the likeliest candidate, but that means you're dropping another great player and you're already probably missing. Like I'm, I'm looking to drop KDP just to move on, on Salah, as you said. And then the defense is, I think we've rightfully cleared all the money out of our defense um, to move it into the attack. So how do you afford Trent or Rabo? <laughs> so we're really in a bind looking at this Liverpool squad. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. Um, even Mata, That's why Jota, if Jota yeah. could have stayed healthy, that was you know, <laughs> know the classic answer to all of our prayers that was too good to be true. I know I, yeah, that's that, that really is true. And I, I brought him in. I, I like it was literally one week too late. He had scored in like nine consecutive matches. And uh, and then I, I you know, it, it was weird because he, he played in that meaningless Champions League match, um, as did Salah. And then there were some comments that Salah got mad. He wasn't named the captain and Jota got injured. And now it's like. Salah's like, hey, maybe I will go to Barcelona. Such a baby. What a baby. That was that was a silly thing. And I who even knows if it's true, right? It's probably not true. But like even the fact that like it became a controversy, it was just like just I you you could have filled anybody and probably beat Mitchelland. 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 Yeah. Um, so all right. So gaming 15, I think pretty straightforward. Uh, Captain Sala, um, and uh, yeah, he's been rested. I mean, there's no reason and have to fun with it, again. and have fun with it. Exactly. Uh, a triple captain would would almost be uh, would be something you could at least consider. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of triple captain in a in a single game week, but it's about as good a chance as you're going to get. I mean, I just don't think that West Brom have the tools to like 
this big, you know, Sam's not going to get them like so well drilled in a week, right? <laughs> around around Christmas, the week of Christmas, uh-huh. you know, that they're just going to show up on Sunday. Like, no, this is you know, this is like, pie. This is pie eating season for Big Sam. So that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to be occupied. So game week sixteen. Um, I I think it's pretty straightforward there too. I mean, I think I, I I'm kind of with you. I think that. Solid way to Liverpool. I think the other strong contender here would be a Spurs player at home to Fulham. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, we did, I know we did just talk about, well, first of all, let's not compare like Leeds and Fulham, right? Because I think that Spurs at home to Fulham, I mean, yeah, Fulham will not be looking to um, just leave themselves completely exposed to Spurs, but you would expect Spurs to be in control in this match. I would certainly expect you know, Spurs to win this one. Yeah, I didn't think I would be saying this after the first couple game weeks of the season, but Scotty Parker has turned out to be a a flexible tactician where mm-hmm. Bielsa is just continues to be an insane madman. I mean, to each their own, sure. but they yeah, Fulham Fulham will set up to, and they've been looking more stout. They're only going to be missing Anderson for just game week 15, so defense will be back yep. effectively to full strength for this Spurs squad. I still think it's like a, a two nil or a two one in, in favor of Spurs. So you'll probably get points off of the big Spurs proponents, yeah. but who is going to be the big one to haul? I don't know. Bruno can Bruno just continue his form into that, that wolves match and wolves are just, yeah. I don't know what to, yeah. what to fully make of wolves right now, but it it's not great. You would think Bully would be back and playing in that one, you know, which would help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, many are, I mean, yeah, I mean, they look so good at home uh, against Leeds. Now, again, I mean, yeah, Leeds is, but I mean, Leeds, I mean, like, it was hard to come out of that match and not feel like Leeds are the worst, like the most open team I've ever seen in my entire life, you know? Um, but like, I mean, Leeds are, I don't know. Like, it was just a weird one in some ways. I mean, like, the, 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 the two goals early were so, um, I mean, McTominay had a really good strike for that for that opening goal. Um, I I feel like you see players miss that all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, where Bruno rolled the ball and then it's like Paul Pogba would have skied that like fifty feet over the bar, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and, and you know, so he gets that, and then it's kind of like a, a little broken up play. Um, like a minute later, McTominay gets his third goal, and then it's two nil, and it's like when when a game is two nil three minutes in, it's like you're outside the realm of normal. Right. Like it was, it was not, it was actually a really, really fun match to watch as most leads matches are, but it was just kind of like, I don't even like, it didn't feel like I, I presumably, I bet both teams were like, okay, whatever game plan we had, like throw it out the window because <laughs> it's uh-huh. two nil at, at, at three minutes in. So I it probably led to a much more open match. Um, but with that said, I mean, Bruno is, doesn't, it doesn't take much for him. I mean, he scored 16 points pretty pretty easily um in, in that match and um as is often the case i mean he could have had even more you know i mean it seems like he's the kind of player who's just so yeah i mean i think it's a case where you have three really viable players um right and and well four i guess right and kane son sala and bruno i think i'm with you that sala is the best captain option just because yeah. of his form um, and because Spurs have struggled a little bit against a team when they can't do a play the counterattack, um, can I, I don't even know who I'd vice captain that week. I guess I'd lean towards Bruno over Sun. You know, I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. Sun's a weird one. It's like sometimes like sometimes it feels like Sun score like he like only scores great goals. 
you know, where it's like, it feels like son like never scores an easy goal where it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, he's just like in the right place at the right time or whatever. It's like, you know, that, that goal that Bruno scored, um, his opening goal in minion match where he was just like, he's just like in the box and it kind of fell to him. And I feel like son never gets those goals. You it's know? true. It's, the ball yeah. never falls to son. Son always has <laughs> at least six dribbles before right. he, he shoots and he dribbles to put yeah. himself in a great position to shoot. And, sure. And yeah, of course. Much yeah. Props, but it is true. He's not a fox in the box. Yeah, yeah. He's no Clint Dempsey, is he? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are. Uh, Aloha Lounge says, I'm staring at all these easy fixtures from Man City. Do I really need to move to Bruno from KDB? Okay, let's let's move aside the Bruno question because you need to have Bruno. I think that you, I, you, were, you were pushing the Bruno essential thing last week and I was pushing back on you wrongly as it turned out although bruno did blank at that midweek right it's like we always look at the net the last return sure. but you know i mean but you know it's it's he's not um there's, there's no perfect fantasy asset right maybe maybe cristiano ronaldo in his prime was like as, as close as it gets but um leon messi maybe uh but you know the modern Premier League, I would say that um, it's it's kind of uh, of course Messi never played in Premier League, uh, but in the modern Premier League, uh, it feels like I don't know why I'm like like covering every track. I'm like it's like I'm imagining <laughs> someone arguing with me, and I'm like trying to like counter. It's like stupid. All right, so anyway, I, I didn't even, did I even finish the question? Right, the question was uh, basically Man City have easy fixtures. Uh, what do I do with KDB? Now you and I have already addressed this a little bit, but yeah. um, it is worth noting just just one more time that Man City play over the next several weeks. They play. Um, oh, I had it pulled up here, right? So they play uh, Newcastle, Everton, and Chelsea in sixteen and seventeen. Those those are not um, great fixtures. Uh, and then uh, it's Brighton, Palace, West Brom, and Sheffield in the four after that. So. Um, it's it's a decent run. Um, I would argue that the Everton and Chelsea matches may actually even help um, KDB a little bit. Um, like, I just wonder if Man City would be like a little more up for those yeah. matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may be. For me personally, looking at my team, it's not a question of Bruno. It's mm-hmm. not a question of Salah. Can I? Ke- the only way I can keep KDB is if I get rid of Spurs players. So I need to talk about KDB in relation to Spurs. And they are a single game week team across 18 and 19 with decent fixtures against Villa and Sheffield United. So I just think KDB is such a great player, such a great midfielder. You can keep the faith with him as long as you like, and I'm sure he will tick along. But what are you losing out? It's it's sort of like... You were trying to make this not a question about other players. Let's just talk about City and KDB. But I think it's a question about other players because I think there's always reason to keep KDB and you can't really argue against it. But what points are you missing out with otherwise? And so far, United, Liverpool and Spurs have been able to put up more FPL points than City. And I'm not convinced even remotely that City are prepared to match those teams. Spurs yeah. seem like the likeliest candidate to fall um, by the wayside yeah. and make way for City. So I think that's where you need to look. And instead of trying to figure out what to do with Manchester United and Liverpool, we had to figure out how far we're willing to go with Spurs. Just, you know, looking ahead to that that Spurs-Everton match, um, I, I know we talked about Dominic Calvert-Lewin earlier. I, I really hope that uh, James Rodriguez is able to come back 
uh, sometime soon because um, I really, it is a struggle, right? Like it's, it's crazy that like Calvert Lewin is, is still getting attacking returns every time because watching these matches, it feels like he is just completely starved for chances at the moment. And yeah. um, I'd be really interested in how that Everton uh, Man City match goes because um, uh, Man City center back suddenly look like pretty legit, you know, um, in a way that they haven't in a couple of seasons. So, uh-huh. um, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously I'm not going to drop DCL before this Sheffield United match, but, um, I would say I'm just a little worried. I would love to see, um, uh, Hamas come back. And so do we even know what's going on? Or is, is he just doing the Hamas thing, which is that he like plays five good matches, looks awesome. And then he's injured for like the rest of the season. And, that's okay, it. let's it's, let's go yeah. straight to the source. Ben Dinnery's site okay. says, yep. from December 18th, Hamas is not ready yet. I think it is too soon to put him at risk. Apparently has a calf slash shin slash heel injury. Wow, he is working three. and triple, I, triple I hope he can be ready <laughs> for the game against Manchester, Manchester United against United. Okay, when is, when is that match? Oh, oh, that, that's actually at midweek, right? That, that yeah. is the yeah, that's the, 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 cup, match. the cup match. Yeah. Okay, so match. then now we will now we will hopefully see. So if, if yeah. Hamas is back, that'll make it a lot easier to hold on to DCL. I mean, not that not that you can't complain because DCL is getting so many attacking returns, but I actually think we've been a little lucky to get anything from him on some of these matches. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. disagree. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think we're on the you know I think we already tossed around the Man City stuff enough um, earlier on. So let's let's move on to uh, question number three, which is. Benno says, who's the best replacement for Chilwell? Assuming his scan confirms he's going to miss one or two games, uh, then followed by City. Um, ideally, someone around the same price. So, yeah, Brennan, I don't know um, if you caught all of the match today, but, you know, Ben Chilwell went out in like the eighth minute. Complete fluke injury where just um, basically Jared Bowen just kind of ran to the back of his leg. I don't know, he wasn't even looking at him when it happened. Yeah. Um, and, or, or was he? so you know but the the problem is it didn't look like that serious but during the festive fixtures if you're out for 12 days or whatever that means you're up for three game weeks so um yeah he probably has to go if he's injured even for Mm -hmm. the short term and um uh, i saw that lampard already came out and said that he didn't expect him for the arsenal match um so we'll see you know after that well, Ruben Diaz has got to be the guy. You were just talking about how legit the Manchester City center backs are. And John St- like that pairing seems to work best, John Stones and Ruben Diaz. But Stones has already been rotated with Ake. And while that didn't go very well with, with Ake, I think the preferred partnership being Stones and Diaz, your preferred FPL asset is is Diaz. So you're... You're going to struggle for attacking returns with that dude. Like he is not an attacking fullback. Actually, this game week was the first game week of the season where Diaz walked away with any bonus. He came away with all three, which was great to see. Yeah. Um, but I think that's your I think that's your guy, unless Benno, you're able to stretch to a Liverpool fullback. Now it's going to cost you another million to get to Robbo or Trent. So, I mean, would you would you agree? Either stretch yourself to a Liverpool fullback or go Diaz. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is even a week where a minus four for um, a Liverpool fullback would probably be justified. Yeah. The yeah. Trent versus Robbo thing, I mean, is there is there an argument for Trent? It feels like Robertson's still the pick, even even with both of them at full health. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Trent is still trying to get there, but I feel like form is such a great thing for Robertson, and yeah. his speed is 
really such an asset for him to get into the spaces. And I don't think Trent has that speed right now. So yeah, he's just kind of waiting for his right moments. There's just so much more to like about Robertson right now. I'd love Trent for a double game week though. Um, I think he'd be a really appealing option. Um, fairly low ownership. Um, it's expensive for sure, but, um, the kind of player is capable of like a 18 point game, right? Like if everything falls, actually he wouldn't even need that much to fall correctly to get an 18 point game for someone like him, right? Goal assist, yeah. clean sheet. That's, that's not that hard. Um, it does feel like they're not winning. Free, I, I, I don't have like any stats in front of me, but it doesn't feel like they're not winning as many free kicks as they have in years past. I don't know. It feels like he's I feel like I haven't had, he hasn't had as many opportunities to, uh, well, maybe you haven't noticed because there. you've not really been on players who, who have been taking them. Like you, you sort of realize how many free kicks Liverpool's getting when you have Trent and when Trent is healthy. Right. You, you mentioned ownership. So Trent is three, 13.7. 13.7 and Robertson do you know um well I, I had it pulled up while we were talking so, okay, so it's 19.6 uh, yeah, 19. yeah. so it's not yeah. a, a huge discrepancy there I think there is still a lot of upside with Robertson yeah oh I, th- I think so too I mean their ownership is, is 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 pretty low and I think in the top you know um 100k or whatever it's it's even lower um very low I think in Trent's case I'm not very like basically no one has him um up there so um, yeah, I think, I think that I would, I would stretch. I probably, I probably would go with, with Robba just cause he's so, he ended up with 50 BPS, um, in, in that weekend match. Um, it's kind of crazy, um, that he only got one bonus point. I mean, it was a measure of how many goals Liverpool scored, obviously, but 50 BPS is a massive score. It might've been like the third or fourth highest score, or like the fourth or fifth, like highest score, like of anybody this weekend outside of maybe Bruno. And I guess you had Bruno McTonough. You had a lot of big scoring, man, a lot of uh, high scoring matches this weekend, but uh, it was, it was an incredible return for a yeah. player who only got a clean sheet and assist. By the way, I take back everything I have ever said about Roy Hodgson's defensive setup. Well, that was just a weird one. That was like, you know, it was like a, it's like a perfect storm in some ways. The, the Salah, because Salah came on when the match was over, you know, like it was decided. There was no, uh, I mean, you, he, he, I mean, he came in, all you have to know is that he came in for Sadio Mane, right? Like the fact that you bring him in for Mane in the 54th minute or whatever is like, okay, like this, this thing is done, you know? And so at that point you bring in a rested Salah who is, you know, fanatical about scoring goals all the time right and uh-huh. it's like a he's playing a palace team that have they've kind of like packed up shop you know um and so it was just like the perfect scenario for him like there was no pressure at all um i mean that second goal that he scored was just like yeah i'm just gonna rip this from you know 35 yards uh because why not you know uh he wouldn't do that if it was like a two nil match or whatever so yeah. anyway um all right so yeah i think i think you're right i think uh, diaz or the two um you know, the, the, the two, um, Liverpool defenders, I think if you want to go a little cheaper, I think, you know, you and I are both, uh, big fans of Safal and, um, just, you know, yes. like he's sending so many crosses in. I mean, it's really, he's, he's really quite a player. I really like to watch him play. It's yeah. He came out of nowhere and here he is just intimately a part of our lives. Intimately. <laughs> uh, cool look too. He looks dangerous. You know, he's got like a, he looks yeah. kind of like a, like you can imagine him like outside a bar or something, you know, just like totally the pants up everybody. <laughs> um, all right. Two more questions. Uh, Benny Blanca says, uh, who is the best? It's an interesting question. Uh, who is the best one week punt before a game week 16 wild card? Now, we haven't talked too much about the wild cards for 16 because 
I think it's it's a pretty straightforward strategy if you have it. But if you yeah. were wildcarding in 16 and you said a free player to bring in, uh, and let's just assume that budget is no option, right? That you uh-huh. can bring in anybody. Um, who would you bring in for Game Week 15? So we just talked about the ownership levels of Trent and Rabo. Sadio Mane is selected by 7.6% of teams in FPL. This is astoundingly low. He's not been on great form. Home West Brom. This guy is still... He, he he should still be top of everybody's list. I think that he's a great one week punt. Yeah, I, that's a that's a good shout. Um, you know, if you were going like a defender, who's like the best defender this weekend? Um, God, again, it feels like I, I just keep going back to Diaz. That's such a boring pick, but I, I think he's probably the best. I I, I do think that. Um, that uh, I, I think, yeah, I mean, Liverpool is where I, my, brain, my brain goes again, though, too. And I just think that um, I, I do feel like Trent is due for one of those crazy breakout games. It was wasn't it last year around the holidays or was it two years ago where he had that he had like a, a goal and three assists away to Leicester. Right. Yes. I, re- I feel like that was one of those matches where I went into a movie theater with my parents around Christmas and came out of the uh, movie theater have, uh, after the match a changed man. Yeah, exactly. That was because you'd seen the Dark Knight Rises brand. You saw what you saw what <laughs> no. a Bane what what what, what, what Gotham City I'm, would look like if Bane. I'm pretty sure I walked out terrifying. of Little Little Women and pulled up the score <laughs> and was like, "Holy shit!" Um, what about what about the West Ham attack? So I still I, I respect what West Ham are doing this season, even though I don't really have much time for David Moyes. And I think West Ham will want to do something after that that Chelsea showing. Brighton stink. Yeah. And I think West Ham are good for a few goals here. So I I mean, we, yeah. we've already kind of dunked on Allaire, but is it is it Jared Bowen time? Is it Farnall's yeah. time? If Antonio was healthy going into this weekend, I think he'd be really appealing. I'm, I'm definitely holding off my transfer. Uh, I'll be making a Christmas night transfer, Brandon. Nothing like a ho, ho, gather, ho. gather around the stockings, uh, drinking your, you know, uh-huh. cocktail at christmas eve and then you have to tell your wife you got to go uh look at a uh-huh. computer screen for the next two hours and debate your not a your not mind. a low ownership player was uh was making a sound <laughs> um, that goes. yeah um yeah the problem is who to pick i mean um you know i, I guess it'd be bowen but he's um he's bowen he's bowen and then you know the problem is Alaire. If, if if bowen sent the ball into Alaire, then it doesn't really matter because Alaire. what about richarlison yeah. You know, he looks good. I mean, on a, on a one week punt, I don't mind him. Um, yeah. you know, that's kind of a fun, that's a fun shout. He, um, again, I just, it would be great if Hamas was back because I think that he really, uh, um, opens things up for, for them, you know? And, um, like, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, Awobi has not been terrible. Right. But Awobi is like one note. Awobi is like, I mean, it's like Sufal, right? It's like, there's like, <laughs> kind of, like, you're like basically getting like what you get from like a good wing back. Uh, Awobi plays Obi. drums in a heavy metal band. He does not play drums in a jazz in a like an avant-garde jazz band. It is just like one totally. tempo. Yeah, and that's fine. And like it probably, you know, it's probably better suited to, to come off the bench, right? When you need a little bit of pace and 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 aggression and directness. But um yeah, so uh yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think I think Richardson's a good shot there too. FBL Jamo says, given that it feels like we finally settled on something resembling a template that's working well. Is it really worth upheaving our sides for one or two game weeks, given that we'll all be cursing the well-performing single game week players anyway? 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a, that's that, that, that question kind of answers it itself. I think we kind of, we kind of prepared ourselves for that fate at the start of the podcast. It's just kind of like, do what you want to do. Have, well, the re- I think have the regrets that you're going to have. I put this question at the end of the Game Week 15, 16 preview section because I think that it's very hard to to look at the next couple of game weeks and your transfers and not have one eye on 18. Of course you should. You should, you should be thinking about that. But um, I think that to ignore what is right in front of you in order to focus on a team playing twice, um, especially when, when you're not talking about like a top, top player in some cases, right? Where you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Should I go... Wood or Shay Adams, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and you're like going back and forth for like three hours about it. And it's like, it's probably not going to make that much of a difference in double game week anyway, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that um, I would just, just play or what's could in it front make of you. all the difference, Josh? Well, it could it, make all the everything, difference. Everything always could, you know, everything always could, but you can't live that way, right? You know? And so uh-huh. I, I just, you know, I, I do think that it's important to focus on the game weeks in front of you and not overdo it when it comes to the doubles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fair advice. I mean, the transfers I'm looking to make, I'm looking to get rid of, this is one option. I'm looking Mm -hmm. to get rid of a city and a Villa player. I'm looking to get rid of KDB and Grealish and they both have tremendous home matches this coming game week, Villa home palace and, and KDB home city. But the fact is you, you can spend all this time thinking about who you're getting rid of and, and just think about who you're getting into. You're trying to build, the best squad possible, like it, uh, whether it's for tomorrow or a week from now. So it, yeah, you're never going to have every player you want. Totally. I really think that game week 19 could end up be one of those weeks where you just kind of sleepwalk your way through with a couple, you know, with like a few players, like you're already going to have Salah, right? He's got the double. So if you have Salah and you just triple captain him, you probably don't have to worry too much about all the rest of the players in your team, right? For that, for that double, because you're going to have, the best player triple captain you've used your ship you know and then you'll have you're just going to kind of just by sheer chance have a bunch of other double game week players in there so right. you know you burn a couple transfers you know keep your you know keep an eye on it maybe you just free hit an 18 to make it very easy and then and then you move on to game week 20 right and it's like and maybe that is just the way to do it and it just sort of that, that keeps things very um clean and simple Oh my God. Am I actually going to free hit in game week 18? This is, I I felt so so sturdy on my, on my soapbox (laughs) there for a while. Yeah. It's a tricky one for sure. I mean, I think that it it just, uh, it just depends, Brandon, it depends on how much you want to gamble, but I, knowing you, I think that you will end up free hit in the game week 18 because you also like to, you like to play optimally if you can, I feel like, is Uh that fair? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, A a, like suboptimal, uh, high risk, high reward move. That 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 is not what you like. I mean, you know, you have to play your style too, right? Like because if you don't play your style, and it blows up, then you get really mad at yourself for not playing your style, right? Yeah. Like right, you know, right, right. If, if you if you're an aggressive person and you make a very conservative move, you can get mad at yourself for not playing your style in that case too. You know, I think that it's sort of. I I do think the game is more fun when you make the decisions that you think are just authentically like the ones you want to make and not like the ones that you think you should make. And, um, and then if it works and or doesn't, it's like you sort of, you can own it better. I think. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end this section. Very well said. All right, Brennan. Um, let's take another one more break and then we'll, uh, come wrap up the pod. All right. Listen up fellas. 2020 was not great. 
It's almost the new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world, Josh, including you, including me. If you're going to... Mm, not yet. Now, if you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. The Perfect Package includes these things. The Lawnmower 3.0. It's the waterproof and skin-safe trimmer that will reduce nicks in that very sensitive area. It's also time to freshen up below the belt with the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer And if you're ready to put deodorant on your armpits, why are you not willing to put deodorant all over the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. All these things are in the perfect package. And Manscaped is even throwing in their Shed Travel Bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and are hands down. And I speak from personal experience, Josh. I have worn these boxer briefs from Manscaped. They're hands down the best underwear you'll ever wear. So check out what Manscaped has to offer in 2021 and get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALWAYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ALWAYS. Happy New Year's to your balls. Well, Brandon, we're back. And as as you said in that Manscaped ad read, 2020 has been a horrible year. Uh, it's been it's been uh, or it has been not great, I guess, in their words. Um, we are now recording. I guess we have one more uh, one more short uh, post holiday podcast. But I feel like those podcasts, th- those are recorded like next week's podcast will be recorded in the mouth of madness. Brandon, it'll be you know, we'll, we'll have been like six. I'm going to have like seven. a bunch of upside down crosses carved all over my face. If I it's, remember that movie it's, correctly, this is going to be like, we're like six out of seven days of matches. There'll be matches the next day. There'll be matches a couple days after that. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be injuries, crazy rotation. Someone's going to blank that we didn't expect it to. So now Brandon, we are in a moment of calm right mm-hmm. ahead of yeah. ahead of the boxing day fixtures and all the festive madness so i i wanted to say a quick shout out to uh, our patreon supporter aj who sent us uh, a very nice message uh, a couple of nights ago uh thanking us for for doing the pods and for anyone who's a long-time listener knows that you know you and i both um decided kind of unwittingly and then it just sort of happened without a break which is that we basically were just going to keep recording podcasts all year, even after sports stopped. Uh, uh-huh. We were doing, uh, we did like, I don't even know, like 12 weeks of, or maybe like 10 weeks or so of podcasts where we just like ranked sports movies and did like anything we could think of, right? To, mm-hmm. to fill out a week. and Just listing our favorite things, more or less. Yeah, just listing a few of our, every week we just list a few of our favorite things. Uh-huh. Uh, I just have it, like, I'd have like three toys in front of me and I would just describe them to you over the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear any yeah. more about your Funko Pop dolls, Josh. But he he said, um, you know, he said that it was really uh, helpful for him uh, to have to have the podcast, and um, and that he just really appreciated it. it was a very nice note. Um, this is a private note. I don't know why I'm sharing like the details of it, but it was it was very nice of. I mean, I'm not like revealing anything personal, but like it was just it was very nice for him to send that note. And we've got a couple other messages like that as well. And um, I just want to say that you know I personally feel very thankful that we even have this podcast at all and that people actually listen to it yeah. and that uh, in the midst of what is what has 
without question been a terrible year. I have been yeah. very unhappy a lot of this year. Uh, it is, you know, really wonderful to have this podcast, to have all the people who listen, to have all the people who go out of their way to send us messages, emails, DMs mm-hmm. on Slack, whatever, you know, just thank yous on Twitter when, when they like the episode of the podcast that we put out. Uh, all of those things feel really good. And um, so uh, thank you for everyone who's done that. And happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year, Brent. I don't know if there's anything you want to add or not. No, I, I think that's exactly right. And in, in it, it, it mirrors my thoughts. It's It's been stabilizing for me to get to talk to my friend Josh every week on this podcast and then realize that even if you take sports out of it, that we still have a community that um, that is, is friendly and, and wants to keep that conversation going. The prospect that sports will, at the end of the day, always come back. <laughs> does help does help whether they should pump. or not yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um but here's here's to 2021 which i do think is going to be a much better year and we'll yes. see fans in the stands at at matches from the top flight all the way to to the non-league matches that that's really what's important you you posed that we were playing on this poker game a couple nights ago, and somebody said, if you were going to get vaccinated tomorrow, you could go anywhere. You could take a trip or do anything. The first thing I thought of was, I want to go see a live football match. So yeah. I cannot wait to yeah. meet everyone back in the UK where we can actually see some Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a goal for me would be um, let's hope that the world gets good enough that by – Late December 2021, you and I can actually go to England um, during the festive fixture season, which is what we've always talked about doing, uh, and go there for, um, you know, just like games every day for a week and see yeah. and see uh, our friends. So thank you for listening. Um, just a, a quick a quick shout out. We will skip the social media stuff this time around. Um, although, obviously, if you can, you know, give the podcast a review or support us on Patreon, that would be awesome. Uh, Brendan, do you want to thank our Patreon producers? Yep. Big ups to our producer patrons, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., DeBig Gaffer, Bob Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg-Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew. By the way, Chris Carter, your apartment at Manchester, by judging by Instagram, is looking dope. I cannot wait to come check it out. Um, producer Matt, Michael Uang, Bruce Kerr, Alfred Poxoy, Nicholas Verdonkis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, and Bobby Styles. That's it. Thank you all for listening. Have a happy new year. We'll be back next week. Bye. Happy New Year, Poku.